Welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. I'm Nick and I'm joined by Jackson, the man himself. Brother, massive weekend. Did you come down off it? Like, it was pretty exciting. It was very exciting, mate. We're going to have to come down because it's a bit of a down week racing-wise this week. So, um, interesting to see how we go this week. But, mate, six winners on the weekend. Can't be happier. Absolutely. And we'll get to that in a moment. Mm. But probably fair to say (laughs) the weekend threw up a few weird results in the big Mm. features. Mm. Actually, you know what? We don't do this enough. Mm. How are you going? Mate, fucking fantastic. I've been crooked the last sort of five to six days, but the last couple of days I've uh, sort of come good. I've found another length or two. So, mate, I'm going not too bad. Are you working from home or what's Yeah, I've been from home the last six, seven, eight days, mate. Right. And it's got nothing to do with Spring Carnival. I'm I'm probably sitting a bit close to you, am I? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going well. I'm going well. Uni drowning in it at the moment, but I literally sat there this afternoon with the assignment open and thought... Might just open up a different tab and have a look at some warnable form. Mm. Um, Hawkesbury. Had a a punt the Sarvo, Hawkesbury Ballarat, ended Mm. up on top. So hopefully roll into the weekend with some nice winning form. Mm. Um, Let's chat Everest. So obviously the three-year-old wins, Giga Kick, uh, super impressive ride by Craig Williams. Mm. The race was always going to set up the way it did after about two or 300 metres. They were just going quick up front. When there's that much prize money on the line, they do. And Giga Kick was just the strongest late. He was a big win, wasn't he? And the money stayed around for him. He was 50s earlier in the week. Like, very, very big price. Very early money came, and then it stayed. It's trickled through all the way up to the start. So, paraded well. The riding was on the wall. Unbeaten horse. You always got to be weary. Williams gave it a 12 out of 10. Looked gone at about the four five hundred, but he just kept it in rhythm and presented at the perfect time. And picked up our mate Private Eye, which was a bit of a bit of a sore point. But I've had something to place at 380, so... You can take that and, and roll on. But few in behind, I thought Nature Strip, it was a forgive run. There was a few people before the race jumping up and down about the wide gate. I certainly wasn't one of those, but I was going to back in before Lost and Running came out. Yep. Lost and Running came out, sucked all the value out of the market. So if you had something at $1.60 or $1.65, you're a thrill seeker. Mm. It just it wasn't that type of race where you could find something at that price. $2.10, $2.20 maybe, but definitely not $1.60. So I stayed out. Had a bit on Private Eye, had a bit on Mars Crusader, obviously missed the kick, and that was the end of his race as well. And Marzu, massive run on the dry deck. Yeah. Huge. Massive run. We spoke about him maybe getting there a year too early. Mm. I don't think he did. Get, like, he probably is going to be better for it next year. And I think TJ's an Everest, that's the level that he's at. Mm. But, geez, he was massive, our boy. It makes you wonder if it was a heavy 10, heavy 9, like he absolutely excels in, how close would he have gone? Makes you wonder how lost and running would have gone. Yeah. It's fair to say he probably would have ran a really good race. And that horse, this prep was always on the up as well. That race where it beat Mars Crusader and Marzu home definitely wasn't the peak run. So 
super disappointing. I don't know what happened in the end. They said it was a skin condition or something. So somebody lost their job. Whoever was supposed to hose the horses <laughs> down, they lost their job. You, you had one job and you've, you've, uh, you've cost everyone about six million. <laughs> Absolutely, and and two thousand people at the pub too. Did you see that deal? No, no. The Lost and Running Hotel said the first two thousand people through the door, you go go in, a ch- or maybe it's first fifty people go in a chance to win two grand if Lost and Running wins oh, the race. Shit. And this is by nine thirty, the doors opened, mm. and then they were giving them drink vouchers for the whole day at Ramwick as Far well. Out. And then they scratched him in the morning anyway. So That's why we love the game, mate. It's a good game. Um, Jack and O want to chat Jack and O mm. as well. Probably pr- proved. Proved not the market said he was an eleven dollar chance. He ran exactly to an eleven dollar chance, running fifth and mm. running super. Mm-hmm. He's just gonna be a seriously good racehorse. Definitely, he already is. He's already a golden rose winner. Uh, ran in some massive races at two. He'll go on and hopefully train on. Hopefully they don't send him out to the paddock like they do with a lot of these young colts. But he's a genuine star to be able to match these sprinters. Obviously, wasn't able to match the gelding in Giga, uh, Giga Kick, but he just got back. It was always going to be an unfavourable trip. That was the challenge. Going from 14 back to 12, that was always the big challenge. But he acquitted himself very well and, and you know he's got plenty of targets down the track. If they want to press on, I think the Coolmore looks the looks the target now. For sure. And he's been sold for $15 million to a stud. So yeah, well, it's, a, it's in I, their hands now. There you it? go. Well, I take back what I said. We already know it's going to be the last prep. <laughs> probably, probably. Um, Caulfield Cup, Durston, the emergency gets in, mm. finishes over the top for Waller, the overseas horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Gold Trip was extremely impressive with 57.5 kilos into second. Um, winner was good. Do I, we, we didn't think that the race had much depth going no. into it and we come out of it with a similar idea? Yeah, I think so. Look, it's always hats off to Waller. He prepares these horses second to none, especially these staying horses. He dominates and... Maybe a few missed Durst, then he sort of hung around in the market about 15, 16 bucks. And it's always interesting when an emergency gets in and is still relatively in the market. But it was always going to be a nightmare race punting-wise. It was a capacity field, too many mixed form lines. And look, there was a few honest runs in behind, like you mentioned, Gold Trip. I actually didn't mind Vow and Declare's run. I thought he's still on track for the uh, Melbourne Cup in a Tuesday week's time. He's been on track the whole prep, so I didn't mind his run. Um, obviously Maximal, another John O'Shea runner that comes out. Like, what's going on over there? He lines up this Saturday. So we had Benno one week. We've got Maximal the other and Lost and Running all come out, all John O'Shea's camp. So, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. There must be. There's got to be a bit of an investigation going on there, Mm. I reckon. Mm. Um, In terms of this weekend, it's obviously grand final week for our Wait for Age stars. So Mm. Cox Plate just being, I I know that... um, one of the most famous race callers we've had, Greg Miles, over the years. His famous quote is, the best two minutes in sport. And it's hard to argue. Well, look at the field this year. It's like the absolute best of the best that have been assembled here. I know there's that lack of overseas influence. There is one overseas runner that's down in the weights a little bit. But there's not those real stars like State of Rest we saw come over one year. There's a, you know, uh, who was the ben Kieran Battle, Martin? Ben Lee's Battle, Grisher. Sir Dragon A, these horses that have come over and just, you know, put a real rubber stamp on the quality of this race. Maybe we, we're downplaying this horse that's come this year. So maybe we're doing that and it could come out and win. But that's the only thing missing from the race this year. But other than that, absolute excitement. We're going to cover it all. So we're going to go Manicato to start with. Um, then we're going to roll into the Valley for a few races. And Randwick have put up a reasonable card as well. It is a little bit of a lull week. We've obviously got the day of all days next weekend with Derby Day, the... Just the, the, the best GF, day of the GF. year. The best day of the year next weekend. And obviously Sydney have put up a bit of a fight now as well with Golden Eagle Day. 
they've thrown that on the day too. So mm. there's plenty happening next weekend. Not surprised to see a lull week. Manicato, let's mm. start with it. Let's so, do it. 1,200 meter race. It's obviously at the Valley. Wait for age, group one. We've got Paul Ailey at the top of the market. $3.60 for Godolphin Blue. Bella Nipatina's $5 after a slashing second in behind Cool and Gatter, who's $5.50, and that was in the Moya. Mm. Rothfire's $6.50, and then we got double figures. So the three-year-old, best of Bordeaux, is 12s. 11.11, the Queensland horse is 15 bucks with September run at 18s. The Astrologist and Rockin' Horse bringing that fantastic new market form at $21 $26. Behemoth, the big boy, he jumps from gate 16. I actually heard that they need two gates for Behemoth now because he's that fucking big. The Inferno's 34s within the boat at 41s with Jamea at 51s as mm. well as Sweet Ride, mm. the emergency. Yep. Streets of Avalon, Sava 2XL, General Bow, and Shakira rounds them out at $101. Mm. Talk to us map-wise. Cool and Gatter's drawn the pole and lightweight again. There's no reason why she can't be in the top three. I don't know if she leads this lot up though. In the boat's also drawn towards the inside and I anticipate them to be positive. Best of Bordeaux, they've come here, they've decided to measure this horse up and see what he's really made of. They're only going one way as well. They have to go forward from that wide barrier. Rothfight's uh, not too far away, the Astrologist and Streets of Avalon as well. And last one that probably can go forward as well is Saber 2XL, but it's first emergency in this race, so have to see if it gets a start or not. Just on the rail at the Valley, so Friday and Saturday, it will be true, was six metres uh, three weeks ago. So you would anticipate it to play on speed, as it always does. What does that mean for the velodrome? Oh, the Jacko? velodrome. So you said to me before the potty today, <laughs> and it was absolutely beautiful, like the most accurate representation of the valley I've seen. If you've ever watched the Olympics where the velodrome goes around, it's like a tight little turning circle. Everybody huddles over their little bikes with the handlebars that go up. That's the Mooney Valley race course. Absolutely. The, the camber is literally, it's like a stadium set up. <laughs> if you're not on the rail, fuck off, basically. That's basically how it is at the Valley as well. So speaking of the rail, she's the starting point. The Moya is the definite uh, you know, starting point in terms of a form line going into this. Cool and Gatta won that race. The riding was on the wall. Track stayed dry for her. It's another concern with this week is the they're good for at the moment, but there's rain on the way for Melbourne. Yeah. So we'll have to see what sort of track we get. We're only 24 hours out from this race, in fairness, so there'd have to be a lot of rain to come for it to get heavy. As long as it's soft, she's obviously going to be a good chance. What I'm doing as far as a bet, though, firstly, I wanted to touch on that new market form, the shit new market form they always touch about. <laughs> the new market. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just starting to come around because I'm going oh, to save on Rock and Horse here. The winner of that race, there was obviously very good runners in behind that you day. You me for giving this horse a push too. I know, ago. I know. I thought there was a bit of merit in the run last time behind Private Eye. Private Eye comes out, runs second in the Everest, was a huge run. Private Eye starts $2 in this race, in my opinion. Rock and Horse, you're getting almost 30. So I'm happy with that. It's about 650, $660 the place. I think that's excellent price. Has been around the valley before. Draws wide, which is the concern. They're going to have to find cover somewhere and, and hopefully be close enough and try and get that three wide trail with cover. That's going to be the main thing there. So that's probably the one thing that you're, you're taking as a negative. And the other horses, you can't ignore Bella Nipatino. Like her first up run in the Moya was slashing. Best last thousand of the meeting. She looked like she was going to run down Coolangatta, but just peaked on the run a little bit late first up. So she'll take massive improvement going up to 1200 I'm all over her at $5. I agree with Rock and Horse. I think it's over the odds for sure. I've sort of been following it a little bit this campaign with not a huge opinion. 26 bucks seems huge price, and mm. I agree on the private eye point. Um, Paul Ailey starting point for me. This horse obviously... Copped a whack with the whip at the 150 
in the Scalacci uh, by big Damien Oliver. <laughs> Picked himself up, smashed the line again. My queries with him are the valley, mm. track pattern, all that sort of stuff. I'm just, I don't know. Why didn't they have a crack with the Everest with him? If they were going to go to 1,200 anyway, what was the story? Why did they pick ingratiating? Yeah, g'day, James, Cousin, <laughs> James Cummings. It's James McDonald here, mate. I've heard you get a million-dollar bonus if you win the Manicato. Oh, that's true, is it? Cool, yeah. Well, if you could steer clear from us for the weekend, that'd be great, and I'll come down and ride Paul Ailey in the Manicato. That's your reasoning. Fair enough. Paul Ailey, the starting point, I think correct price at $3.60. I'll be having something. Best of Bordeaux, over the odds, $12. Maybe not over the odds, but it's a bet. Um, Tim Clark, gate 14, there's going to be intent here with 53 kilos. He's a dead set 1,200 metre horse, and I actually think he's as good a horse as Cool and Gatter. I really do. Okay. I think yep. over 1,200 metres, yep. they've got just enough toe as Cool and Gatter, and yep. I actually think you'll see out the 1,200 better than her, mm. um, and then a little play on Rock and Horse for me also. Yeah, definitely. Well, already got the scalp of Cool and Gatter in the, in the Golden Slipper last prep, so or two preps back, so you'd have to respect that horse. Absolutely. Now we go to Mooney Valley for Saturday. So we're just covering the one for Friday night, and we're going to kick it off in similar fashion to mm. how we did last week. Mm. We're going to do a runner-by-runner runner of the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. It's over 2,040 metres. We mentioned before that this is the grand final for our weight for age stars, and it's just as simple as that, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Like, like we touched on at the start of the show, mate, it's just the A1 form lines, the A1 form, best quality horses you can find. Animo, he tops the market, 240. Zaki's $4.00. <laughs> El Bogdan is there at seven fifty with I'm Thunderstruck at twelves. Gold Trips there with fifteen dollars. Mr. Brightside sixteens. Alligator Blood seventeens. Then you got twenty plus. Mwanga, Law of Indices there around that twenty thirty dollar mark. Maximal Young Werther and then interesting Profondo gets a start in the field at eighty one dollars. Mm. What do you make of the map, first of all? Zaki's drawn the pole. You'd have to think that Jamie Carr is going to go forward and be positive. Profondo, you touched on, is an interesting starter in this field. He does bring a bit of speed into this and injects a little bit more than what we've seen in the last two starts. We're obviously touching on the same form lines that we'll go through, but he injects something different into this coming through that turn ball form. He'll go forward and, and make this at least an even tempo at the very least. Alligator Brad has drawn wide out and they'll go forward as well. TC will make sure that uh, Zaki doesn't get any sort of soft lead. Mr. Brightside not too far away and Animo's drawn absolutely perfectly. Absolutely. You could couldn't, not... Couldn't believe You I could not it. have asked for a better uh, barrier for him. No. Like there's no, he can be positive if he wants to, he can be in the first six if he wants to be there, or he can just flop out the back and if he's too good, he's too good. It, it's all up to what J-Mac wants to do in the end. Number one, Zaki, gate one, Jamie Carr, Annabelle Neesham, $4 at the moment. Oh, look, the big fella, he hasn't been extremely impressive this preparation. He obviously had a first up win and then he's had two Okay runs. I reckon his last run leading into this was really good. His third up run. Mm. Um, pretty tough on speed. When you see where Alligator Blood finished up and Zaki just kept on punching on behind Animo and I'm Thunderstruck. I think $4 he's reasonably well found, but I like gate one for Zaki. I think he's drawn probably perfectly for him. Jamie Carr can probably take him to the front. Alligator Blood's drawn 12, so you know it's going to have to work to get across. Top four chance. Yeah, he was rock solid last time out in the Might and Power. I just thought it was an excellent run. Only beaten half a length in the end by Animo. And obviously, I'm Thunderstruck just nabbed him at the end for the second placing. But he's right on song for this. He had the flat run, obviously, earlier in the Underwood. And there was question marks around where he was at in the prep. Big win first up in the tramway. Just led on his own. If he gets any sort of soft lead here from gate one, he's going to be very, very hard to run down. 
Number two, I'm thunderstruck from gate 10 with Mark Zara for the Price and Kent Jr. yard. $12 chance at the moment, obviously. He, he answered a few questions last start. Yep. That was over 2000 his first real crack at 2000 And mm. look, I've got to say, I was one of the people that doubted that he could get to 2000 mm. especially considering his 1,800-metre run. He proved that wrong. They've said all the, the, the entire way that they're going to the Cox Plate. They've said that since his first up run, and I finally believe them. I think they've come up with the wrong odds here. I think he's a threat. Definite threat, especially at the price. And you touched on uh, Zaki before. This horse has doubled the price and it's beaten at home last start. Three times the price I'm looking at. $12. Three times. Well, there you go. Virtually over the same trip they've run it. I know there's an extra 40 metres now. And on the, <laughs> but, Ned, I'm not taking the piss here, but the 40 metres could actually tell. Because you talk about this won't be a soft tempo. You could just tell that I'm Thunderstruck was given absolutely every chance last start. And he was it was an excellent run. But he was given absolutely every chance and just peaked on the run the last 50. Yeah. He looked like he was going to win. Mark Zara gave him a 12 out of 10. Looked like he was going to win at the 100, 150. You saw those white blinkers poking through in between them and just peaked on the run with 50 to go. And Anime obviously showed his class through the line. So I've got him firm in the numbers. I have to have something on at least for the place at that price. And you have to respect him now at 2,000 metres. That was going to be my question. Like, Animo 240 to win. Mm. He's 310 the place. Like, what's the better bet? I know. We'll get to that. But, uh, okay. yeah. I, I it just is think... interesting, though, isn't it? It is. It is. We'll, I think we'll touch on Animo. We don't want to spend too long on, on every horse. But we'll, we'll touch on Animo shortly. Yeah. Number three, Alligator Blood, Gate 12, Tim Clark, Gay and Adrian. There's no question where this horse is going to be in the run. He's going to be pushing forward. I can't imagine they're going to change tactics now and start mm. tucking in for cover. Yep. Um, he's $17 at the moment. Obviously knocked this field off in an Underwood over 1800 Little bit of a flat run last time, but you just can't doubt this yard ever. I know. I, I don't have question marks around the horse's racing pattern, but I'm starting to question the tactics a little bit because you saw the way he won the Stradbroke. He sat well off the speed, peeled out to the wider parts of the track. And I know we're talking 1,400 metres versus 2,000. He probably doesn't have the total lead over 1,400 anyway, but that was his peak run. Mm. That was his peak figure and obviously getting the kill-wise as well. That was his peak run for this prep. You, I say last this prep, but it was really in the winter. Still sort of one prep. So he's been up for a little while and he's rock hard fit. But again, question marks around the trip. If they are going to get the 2,000 metres, you'd think they'd drop in for cover. You'd think they would. But again, drawn out wide, they probably have to go forward and Waterhouse has one way. I can't have him uh, this weekend. I think he's the right price. I think $17 is about the right mark. I won't be having a piece myself. Number four, Mr. Brightside, Gate 11, Craig Williams, Ben and... Who's Jay Hayes? I, can't, I just forgot his name. Don't know. Sorry. Don't know. Ben and Jay Hayes. I don't know why I said the J, but I've said it. $16, <laughs> Mr. Brightside. He was a superb run. Superb run mm. in the Caulfield Stakes. I thought he was really good in the light and power. Um, I just question whether he's actually up to these top three or four in the market. Yep. Um, he's got the right man on board, though. Willow's riding really well. Yeah, definitely. The, the weight for age has always been the question mark with this horse. He began this prep in absolutely fine style, putting together two wins and doing them very well at that, culminating in a you know a, almost a five length victory over some handy types um, at this at this tri uh, track. So coming up to two thousand meters, I don't know if he's advantage. You touched on that really good run. He definitely acquitted himself well up to the two thousand um, at Caulfield the other day, but I just think he lacks the class of these, and I'm going to oppose him this week. 
Number five, Richie Mwanga from Gate 9. Nash Willer comes down from Sydney for Annabelle Neesham. Uh, finds himself at $26. Look, fantastic run in the Underwood. Probably, he shocked me in the mm, Underwood. Mm, mm. Um, and then maybe slightly disappointing. Actually, really disappointing. Disappointing. It just looked like it was such a negative ride. Maybe they had this race in mind, but you can't think that they would be really coming here thinking they're you know, a top two, top three rock hard chance, unless they know something we don't. But in fairness, he's had the best late closing splits in both of his last starts with the same company. Interesting. He probably is entitled to do that considering where he settles in running. So he's definitely entitled to do that. But I just can't have him again. He's a horse that's in my stable. We've touched on before. I've got a lot of time for the horse. I just don't know whether he's up to these top, top group ones. And I've said that for probably the last year and a half to two years of his career. Number six, Gold Trip, obviously backing up from a really good second in the Caulfield Cup. That mm. was with 57.5 kilos mm. in a handicap race. Finds gate seven, Jamie Spencer comes over from England. I don't know much about him. He's, he, he's, he's a, a top line. fucking class okay. jockey. Okay. Class jockey and comes over for basically one ride. Mm. Mara and Eustace, you know what they've done with these overseas types mm. coming over into the Cox Plate. Mm. It's interesting. Wait for age is a different kettle of fish, especially against this sort of field. Yeah. Look, he's come up $15, so they've kept him relatively safe. Like, he's 15s and Thunderstruck's 12s. Yeah, I know. I think it's the it's the camp. Yeah. Like, you touched on Kiramar and Eustace. They're literally the best camp in Melbourne at the moment by a long, long margin. Stretch, so, yeah. I just, I know this horse is coming, overseas, coming from overseas, but it's already had the prep here. It's now its fifth run for this prep, or sixth run. So, you'd think it would be, no, sorry, fifth. You'd think it, we've seen the best of it and it would have peaked either third or fourth up. Bit of an afterthought almost, this, is it? I think so. And when you look back two starts to this trip, over 2,000 in the Turnbull, beaten by Smoke and Romans. I know it didn't have a whole lot of luck uh, that day, but that's not the form I want to be taking into a wait for rage with the best you know, 2,000 to 600 metre horses in the entire country that probably want to oppose. But definitely respecting the fact that they've brought a top-line jockey over from overseas, one ride on the day, Kieran Maan used this, it does stink a little bit. If I hadn't seen the previous starts, or if it's just come straight over, I'd probably have something on. It's not like they weren't trying in the Caulfield Cup, were they? We've seen what the of horse can produce. So course, they weren't yeah. hiding him for anything. Um, number seven, Laura's, Laws of Indices, another Nietzsche runner. It's her third runner in the race. Um, finds John Allen, $34, gate three. Really interesting runner for me. Obviously, McDonald rode this in the Turak. Um, And that was in behind Tuvalu, who we see run around a $3 favourite in another race on the day. Mm. Slashing run. Is it up to a Cox Plate? I don't know. But it definitely throws something interesting in the race. This is one at a big price that I was happy to have something on. I just thought the way it finished off in that two-rack was huge. Definitely question marks around, is it going to be able to handle the step up to 2,000? Yet to have a run at 1,800, let alone 2,000. So there's question marks there. But you also can't toss the horse out like it doesn't get the trip. Mm. So you have to respect, and at that price, I'm happy to have something on. Best late closing splits. Yes, it was a fast pace up front that day in the two rack, and Tuvalu was obviously too good in the end, but the horse savaged the line going through and, and beat some pretty handy types home, including I Wish I Win, which is a horse that's still on the up and, and looks like it could be up to a race like this. So I think at $41, I'm definitely having something on. Agree, agree. Number eight, Young Verda. Damien Lane, gate two. Danny O'Brien, $51. Had a really good campaign. Its first two starts have been good. A little bit luckless, I thought, last start as well. Um, not 
up to these at weight for age level for mine. I think so. He, you know, if you think about how this horse builds through its preps, Danny O'Brien always keeps it lightly raced. Like this horse started in a derby in its fourth start mm. and started favourite. So there's no concerns with this horse turning third up into this race, into a target race. It will be fit enough. But again, I've got question marks around that Turnbull form. You you thought it was a little bit unlucky. I thought he had his chance to at least, you know, get within, say, half a length of the winner on that day. But still ran very well in the end. But that's not the form I want to be taking into. If I'm not taking Gold Trip, I can't take Young Werther. Number nine, Maximal from gate five for Benny Mellon and John O'Shea. We, he's got a runner. Mm. This thing's not getting scratched. For well, O'Shea. we don't know. We don't know yet. At, at the moment, he might graze his leg on a fly. $41. Um, obviously ran second in that Turnbull. Uh, Maximal. Yep. What do you think? I, I can't have it. Yeah, look, scratch from the Caulfield Cup uh, last week. So this is definitely an afterthought. This was not the target for them. Uh, you'd think that if it runs in the Caulfield Cup last week, it doesn't turn up here. I think the price is fair and lacks the dash of these. Number 10, Animo. I've got a big grin on my face when we say this bloke's name now. Mm. I know I've hopped on. I know you've been on for a long time. Gate 4, James McDonald, James Cummings. Those bl- the Blue Army is just absolutely flying. It's been all about them so far the last few weeks. Mm. He's $2.40, so you get absolutely no favours with the price. I know you'll probably give him a paragraph, but I'll just get in early. <laughs> I'll get in early. Um, straighten himself up after completely missing the turn at Caulfield. Um, that's against a very similar field that you see here. Mm. If anything, everything was against him that day. 80% wound up, coming off a little bit of lameness as well. Mm-hmm. Um if he gets around the valley, I think it's his to win. Absolutely. And you touched on that last start where he lost the compass a little bit at Caulfield. You cannot do that at the valley. If that happened, like at Caulfield, Flemington, even Sandown, these other tracks, if you lose the compass a little bit on the turn, you can still straighten yourself up and go through the line and win. It does not happen at the valley. The velodrome does not give you second chances. <laughs> it claims victims. So J-Mac needs to be on the ball here, and he will be. It's obviously the target race of almost the entire fucking spring. So... He'll, he'll give him every possible chance. Gate four is perfect for him. I know it's a skinny price considering the narrow margin he won by in the Caulfield Stakes, but I'm going to take it. I've been waiting for this horse to get up to 2,000 metres when I know he's wound up. You touched on before he was 80% last start, no doubt about it. If that. If they were going to beat him, it was then. Yeah. He's already beaten him. He missed, missed the turn, 80%, still straightened himself up and beat them. Surely if he handles the track, he, he wins. I agree. I completely agree. If he wins this race, I think he already goes down as one of our real champion three and four year olds. But if he wins this, he's won so many big races and he's just going to, oh, it's exciting what he can do as a stallion too mm. after this. Mm. Number 11, another Colt Profondo. Mm. Well, he's a horse now. He's four years old. Profondo from gate six, Chad Schofield for Richard Litt, $81. They come to the Cox Plate. He hasn't come up this preparation really at all. He's First two runs in the prep, it says third and fourth, but they weren't great third and fourths. Mm. And he really hasn't shown a lot, unfortunately, after promising so much. Yeah, definitely. It's not an afterthought for them. They always wanted to get this horse here. He's obviously a very expensive colt. But yeah, like he's spring champion winner over 2,000 metres. He's got 2,000 metre form, but you'd have to look back a year to really, really get him hard in this race. He just hasn't turned up this prep, as he said. He's a speed influence, so he will be up there close. But I don't think he's got the the class of these. Number 12, probably the most interesting runner of the field, as we often say at this time of year with our big races. We get these these horses come from overseas and try and invade and take our massive prize money. Mm. El Bodigan, 
Damien Oliver, it's gone under the wings of Chris Waller and it jumps from gate eight, $7.50. They were always going to keep this horse very safe in the market. You have a look at the previous years of horses coming from overseas, right? State of Rest wins last year. You've got Lee's Grisher, Dragon Sir A. Dragon A. So it's it's questioning our form lines. Yep. That's what it's done mm. since Winks. Because horses weren't coming over to compete with her. Like we had Ben no. Battle who came over. Yep. I think folks would a year or two before. But realistically, in her era, it was Australian horses she mm. was competing against. Mm. Mm. Now they're starting to think, okay, this is a winnable race now. Our stayers are so much stronger. Yep. And this horse has got the form lines that reek of coming over and being a good invader. Yeah, it matches the profile, doesn't it, of some of those horses you mentioned before. But I'm not comparing Animo to Winx. I never would. I reckon there would have been a few because there's only one overseas horse that's turned up. I reckon there was at least three or four really, really classy types that were fancying coming over, doing the long trip, taking the horse over with all the risks involved. Saw Animo win first and second up and went, yeah, let's wait till next year. Let's Let, save the million bucks getting there. And- correct. Let's wait till he's out in the paddock shagging every other day. Then we'll have a crack at this race because I look at this horse. I look at its last prep, no wins. First up, beaten 10 lengths over this trip. Yes, it was a good track. It seems to excel over wet decks. I'm not going to pretend like I know the form back to front over there, but it seems to excel on wet decks. It's had seven starts on wet affected ground, yet to miss the trifecta. So the wetter it gets, you'd have to say that it's more yep. uh, advantage for this horse. The big question mark is how aggressive D. Oliver's going to be from that gate. Gate eight, middle barrier. Does it have the natural toe to get up there and inject into the, into the race, or is it going to sit out the back? which a lot of speed maps would have it out there. So that's probably the main question. Stinks, I can't have it in the numbers. I think it's well too short in the market. And I think it's not the AA1 that we've seen that have come over simply because Animo's in this field. Um, 60 days, just for those that are listening and are interested. So 66 days spell. So not really a spell, more mm. like a little bit of a letter. Um, last start has run third behind Doville Legend, who's currently a $6 chance in our Melbourne Cup. Now... How do you draw those form lines together? You probably can't. And then you've got the Northern Hemisphere three-year-old, which is a four-year-old to us, but it's a three-year-old... Sorry, it's a three-year-old to us, but a four-year-old to them. So you get in with a lighter weight. So that's why it's number 12 and it's got 56 and a half kilos. Um, They just... They map so well in terms of the way that we set up our races. So I can see why it's firm in the market, but I just can't take $7.50... For a horse that hasn't won, yeah, it hasn't won in a while. Well, it, it didn't win. It have any wins last prep? So, at what stage did they decide they were going to target this race? Was it already a year ago? They thought, okay, we'll have a crack next year, and just sort of built through the prep for fitness, or what's the story? All right, mate, let's do it. Yep. I think we've given a fair indication of who we like in the race. Yeah, let's do first fours again. All right, I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> you just looked at me because you were like. No, I want to hear what you've got to say Definitely. first, Nicholas. I want yep. to hear what you've got to say. Yep. All right. First for me, absolutely no question marks. Animo. If they were going to beat him, it was last start. Guess what? Caulfield tried to beat him. Mm. The other horses tried to beat him. Mm. They still couldn't fucking do it. No. He'll be winning. Zaki in for second. I wish he wasn't four bucks, but he draws the pole. He gets the race set up completely perfectly. Since he won the All-Star Mile, I think this has been the target the whole way through. They wanted to come here last year, and I, I reckon he was going well enough that he could have won it last year as well. This is their chance. He gets it set up so nicely. Um, Laws of Indices, I'm going to have in there as well. Uh, $34, I think it's the wrong price, with I'm Thunderstruck as well at 12s. Yep. 
we uh, we sucking each other off a little bit this episode, mate, because because I've got the uh, well at this stage we are because I've got the exact same numbers as you, mate. Shuffled them around a little bit. Animo has to go on top, obviously two dollars fifty. I'm taking it. Uh, it's you know it might even end up being a better price than we get last time out. So if it's, it'll keep drifting, I reckon. If they get up to two eighty, two ninety, I might be moving a bit of furniture around, but. <laughs> I've promoted Laws of Indices. I've moved him up to second. I've had him lower down the order, but the more I watch his last start running the two rack, he does seem to be a horse that wants to get the 2,000 metres. Genuine question marks, though, when it's 1,600 up to 2,000 for the best weight for age race this year. Definitely question marks there, but I have to have something on. I'm Thunderstruck in for third. Like I say, you have to respect him now, but 2,000 metres off that last start. And Zaki, I wanted to have him higher. It's a similar point to you with the price. I just can't have him at $4.00 does get a soft lead and you have to respect him. Looking forward to it, mate. It's going to so be okay. a ripper. I can't believe we've come up with the same numbers. We haven't spoken about this. No. No. It's, yeah, unbelievable. I hope the big fella wins and goes out on the biggest high for Cummings and McDonald. All right. Best part is, as we always say, there are plenty of other races. Mm. There are so many races this weekend. We're not going to go through Friday night at the Valley. We've just done the Manicado. We're going to leave it there. Um, if we're a bit toey, we'll think about putting a tip sheet up for you guys on Instagram, but we'll see how we're traveling. Um, let's kick it off race six. So we've got the Schweppes Crystal Mile, which is clearly over the 1600 meters. Mm. We see a lot of two rack runners coming here. So Tuvalu heads the market at $3. Gentleman Roy is $5.50 with Bizanari at $5.50 as well. My Oberon is $6.50 with Military Expert at 8 Banker's Choice is 11s, as is call sign Mav. And then we've got $31 for Buffalo River and Holbein at 61s. Okay, so bit, plenty of speed here, Ned. Military Expert, Holbein, Gentleman Roy, Buffalo River, Tuvalu not far in behind them as well, mate. There's just speed everywhere you look. So I expect a very, very hot tempo for a mile race. Where would you settle in the run? I would be tucked just in behind them where I expect Tuvalu to be. So you can't have any question marks around where that horse is going to be. And it might end up playing out the exact same way that we saw last start and just got the perfect run from Jared Fry. So he'll be tucked in behind them. My Oberon Banker's Choice to get back as well. So I think that's where you want to be. You want to be probably midfield and not too much further back from there. A frantic speed can really break up this field. and We might even end up with two packs because... These horses seem to run into each other as well. Military expert, gentleman, Roy Buffalo River. They all seem to just place each other in the same races and take each other mm. on. But very interesting from that standpoint. I found it hard to go around Tuvalu just based off where he's going to settle in the run. But I just had to have something on Banker's Choice. He's at around the $8, I think, at the moment, unless there's been some money in the last... 11s. Year. There you go. So he's gotten out a little bit, which I'm actually pretty pleased about. Absolutely luckless last time out. Got chopped up at the 400 metres, almost stopped and fell over himself. And picked himself up and went through the line beautifully. He's dropping back now in class. I've been waiting for him to get to a at least a smaller field, but definitely back in class as well. He's really, really tried at group one level. He's just not up to it though. I think they've realized that now. But Mark Zara stuck with the horse, which is a positive booking for me. I think that's a tell. And I think he'll just camp out behind them. Hopefully they all get their chance at the Valley and it's not a leader's day like we always see. But if any race they're going to swoop, I think it's this one. And Banker's Choice is the one for me. I'm going to straight bat this one. Tuvalu, $3. I think it's a fine price. Um, I think the race sets up perfectly, just in behind the speed. Similar setup to a two-rack. Um, they obviously all meet at level weights for this affair as well, so there's no harm in any handicapping here. I think he just gets his chance. You know, depending on track pattern, doesn't really matter for Tuvalu. Like, he races 
just in behind the speed, I think you'll just be too good for the lot again. Mm. I, you meet the same field, if not obviously clearly weaker because there's less runners. Mm. I know you've got to take a third of the price, but for good reason. Yeah, definitely. You have to respect him in some capacity. You've got to be hard on the numbers. Race sevens, the drum and golf bars, it can be often the lead up to the derby or those horses that don't want to quite step up to 2,500 and just want to stick to 2,000. Mm. So over the same distance as the Cox Plate. So we've got Barclay Square coming out of the Caulfield Guineas at $2.40. Virtuos Circle, Virtuous Circle, sorry, $5. Uh, Pericles coming down from Sydney is $6. Fajita San also coming out of the Guineas is $11. And then we got um, some bigger prices. Sorry, Jenny Jerome as well is 10s. Um, Berardino, Berardino, cool. 13 bucks, dashing 21s for Sir Bailey at 23s. Uh, Skyfios is 34s with Gotta Be Savvy at 61s, as well as El Gendi and Hereditary. Pericles to roll forward with dashing and Fujita San drawn inside of those not too far away. Gotta Be Savvy's got the pole, so you'd think they'd be positive from there. It's going to be interesting, the tactics with Barkley Square. Middle barrier, it's a big lugging horse and needs room. Mm. I don't know if the value's going to suit it. And I don't want to be with it at that price as well. You have to respect that run in the Caulfield Guineas, though, after bombing the start. I thought it was huge. You can respect that form going forward. Golden Mile is obviously a very nice horse. There'll be some winners out of that race. So whether it's here, I don't know, but I can't have a bet at 250. The horse that I do want to back is J-Max Mount here, Virtuous Circle. Last two starts have been at the Valley, so you've got no question marks if it handles this trip. Had a win first up where it never had to leave the rail and was very good through the line. Then stepped up in class second up behind uh, Tijuana, who's a, another nice horse as well. Fujita San in that race as well. Just got out the back, flushed out to the wider parts of the track and was very good through the line. 50 metres past the post, he's in front of them. Mm. Screamed out to me that the horse wants 2,000 metres. Building up a lovely, nice record. J-Max sticks with the horse for a lesser-known trainer. Stinks for me when I see that. Whenever I see a big top-line jockey with a lesser-known trainer, I always take note. Yeah. And I think between the prices with it and Barclay Square, it's just a big lugging horse. I just don't know if it's going to enjoy the valley. I think it might claim another victim here, the, the velodrome. So I want to be a horse with that has course knowledge and can get around. Agree. I'm, I'm going to take on Barclay Square as well. It's not a massive betting race for me. It's probably more of a watch. There's a few unknowns going on. I can't believe Pericles or whatever it's called is coming down from Sydney and is $6, finds itself $6 in this race. It just seems crazy. Mm. Um Going to have a small play. So for Hita San, I'm going to have a small play on. Um, looking like it probably wants 2,000. The horse has got some class on its side as well and gets McNeil for Hawks. And I'm going to have a play as well. Sir Bailey's $23 um, for Marin Uses and Mark Zara Rides. He's coming out of the Caulfield Guineas where he was a little bit unlucky behind Golden Mile. The race before that, it was on that bog, bog, bog day mm. where Aft Cabin brained him. Mm. He ran fourth that day and ran really, really well. Yeah. I reckon he's versatile. So I reckon he goes okay in the soft, goes okay on the good. I just think he's looking for 2000 I think $23 seems over the odds. Mm. Race eight we are moving on to. It's the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. It's over 2500 We have Grand Promenade. Sorry, no, we don't. Francesco Guardi is $4.20. Top of the market with Persan there at four sixty. Desert Icon from gate one is $6. Luna Flare, sevens. Grand Promenade, 8.50, then double figures. So the Amazonian is 10s, gets in with a lightweight, 52 kilos. Mm. Sacramento, 11s, Nerve Not Verve, got knocked off by the Amazonian the other day, mm. is 21s. 
And we've got Serpentine, Carif, The Good Fight, and Sam and Herberto down the bottom. Yeah, Serpentine and Sacramento definitely have speed. But the one you touched on before with the lightweight, the Amazonian, I expect them to actually whip across them and lead here. Mm -hmm. A few speed maps would have it a little bit further back, but I expect this horse to be positive. They're not coming over here just to make up the numbers, you know, like very astute camp. Um, and they're not going to just take anything to chance. They're going to roll forward from that wide barrier with car on the lightweight. You'd think there'd be intent there. Yeah. Verve, nerve not verve, not too far away. Desert Icon, I've still got question marks around the trip. Anything beyond 2,000 metres, I'm just not sure. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to take the sensible option and Brett Pebble will get cover. I don't think they're going to be too positive from there. The one I want to be with, Ned, Francesco Guardi. Mm -hmm. Done nothing wrong with this prep at all, except be absolutely luckless last time out behind Luna Flair at Flemington. It was an absolute horror watch. Almost fell over at the 800 metres. Completely stopped momentum, picked itself up, went all the way back to last. Still got disappointed for a run, turning, which rarely happens at Flemington. Only got out to the last 300 metres and absolutely powered home. Unbelievable run. Best lace closing splits, stays at the trip. You know it gets this trip. Any sort of bad luck is the only thing that can beat this horse for me. $4.20, this is the absolute bet on the card for me. J-Max sticks, Chris Waller. The horse is going to peak fitness-wise. No question marks around the trip. Beautiful middle alley. Yeah, I'm all over it. Where's it settled? Ah, it's a, that's the that's probably the big question mark is that J-Mac needs to be positive from there. Please don't get back to last. That's the only thing. But 2,500 at the Valley, half of the field, you always anticipate half the field to not get the trip. Mm -hmm. So it'll break it'll break up the field. You'd think the best stayer will win. And I think that's this horse here. You've convinced me. I know mm -hmm. before we came onto the podcast tonight, you gave me a nice lecture. So I'm convinced I hadn't seen the replay that you had seen from right from the start. Oh, and it was a genuine horror show. Nightmare. The horse went back three or four lengths, nearly fell over, picked itself back up and got within a half length of Luna Flare. Mm. Um, massive run. So I can see why you like it and I'm going to be with you. Um, want to give respect to Persan. I followed a little bit this preparation as well. I think this looks like a cl big class drop for it realistically. Um, gets around the valley not too badly either. Um, Desert Icon, if it was a shorter race, I could understand. As you mentioned, 2,500 metres. It's just it's really stretching this horse out. Question marks. Missed the run as well. Scratched at the barriers three weeks back. And yeah, I just don't know if it gets this trip. Maybe if they ride it with cover, it gives it a better chance. Jack O'Lory is hitting Francesco Guardi. I'll be having a bit on. It'll stay hit. <laughs> the solutions Tessio stakes uh, it's over 1600 it rounds out the card there at the valley um, we've obviously got I believe this is a race for the fillies and mares it is Roots is top of the market for Craigie and Waller $3.10 Siriello Miss is $4.60 with Agreeable at $4.60 as well My Whisper $6.50 double figures from there Saigon's 13s with Dusser at 17s Savonia's 19s then you've got Steinem at 23s Mississippi 34s with Skyhorse, Miss Cartier, and Starring Roll. Saviona and Cirilleo Miss both go forward. Mississippi's drawn inside won't be too far away. Starring Roll has drawn well outside, and at cricket score odds, you'd think they go forward as well. My Whisper not too far away with Roots getting back and Saigon. Big question marks around where J-Mac can get to with this horse. Oh, sorry, Quake Williams. I expected J-Mac to be on. Craigie, mate. Got 54, that's why. Yes. Silly meat. Silly meat. Don't starve yourself for roots. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> for for a, uh, What's this, a 90? Group three. Anyway, I'm with the horse. I'm with the horse. I love when Sydney horses, whether they come through 70s, 70s, 80s, 80s, whatever, whenever they come through to these sort of group two, group three sort of tier uh, Melbourne horses, they normally get the kill. So I think it's great placement here by Waller. You know, made a mess of a field last time out. 
he was much too good for them, or she was much too good for them. Peaks third up for this fitness-wise, and you know st- uh, stays at the mile basically, 1550 to two a mile. I think that the trip is going to be no issues at all. Only question marks is the value, as always, but I'm happy to take that price. I think this is me for the get-out roots. I'm straight batting with uh, C Willow and uh, Waller. Agree. Not much more to add. I really like roots as well. Brings a Sydney form. Not a very deep race. Um, Steinem's down there at $23, one of my stable horses. Obviously wasn't great first up, but finally gets up to 1600 and she is a dead set mile of this horse. Myron mm. um, Eustace and McNeil there as well. So I might have a little saver. The other one, I just can't stop looking at it for some reason. Saigon, in behind Pride of Jenny, Chris Waller. Mm. I don't know. Just sometimes they bring a favourite to the race. They have their $13 chance, who's actually had its two or three runs in the preparation in better company. Mm. I think it's probably the wrong odds. Yeah, have to respect it. Have to respect it. Perfect. Moving on to Randwick. We're going to go 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Race 6 is where we kick it off. We've got the Brian Crowley Stakes. Um, top of the market here, we've got Wallinga Beast, who just quietly has double dual accepted. So it's got an acceptance in Melbourne as well. Um, I think Ben Mellon's riding down there, and we've got McAvoy up here. So, mm. Willinger Beast is top of the market for the 1,200-meter race at 290. Cote's $4 with Insurrection at 6. Dashing Legend, $9. Double figures now for Thronbone at 10s. Chalante is 14s. Pikey wrote a few winners today, just quietly. Mm. Northern Beaches, 17s with Miss Hellfire at 17s as well. Spicy Hot Pot, Hot Pot and Sammy Ballerina to round them out. I was going to say with uh, Willinger Beast, tongue-in-cheek, between uh, Benny Mellum and Kieran McAvoy, it's a bit of a rock and a hard place, no? <laughs> <laughs> the Willinger Beast. The Willinger Beast. So Miss, Miss Hellfire rolls forward, insurrection. Uh, Cote has got speed as well from the wider barrier. And Willinger Beast won't be too far away. And Sammy Ballerina is... Sammy. Sammy won't be too far away from them either. So good speed, I anticipate, for a 1,200-metre race. Just quickly on the rail, uh, went out six, was true, six or four, but was true last week, uh, four. So four metres goes out, was true last week. Raced really evenly. Raced beautifully. And obviously the rain stayed away for the Everest, which was just perfect. It was like the heavens opened and, you know, the sun came shining down. What a day it was, but um, it's not going to be the case on Saturday. So I anticipate at least a heavy eight at the very least. So... You want to be with your runners that are definitely handling the track. Cote was an interesting one for me coming through midway form and stepping up to, you know, a decent mare's grade here or Philly's grade here. But I just wanted to oppose that only because Willinger Beast is in the race. Comes through the right form lines for me. You talk about best of Bordeaux, Zoo Gotcha, these type of form lines. I know she measures up and looks like she's going to balance up and go straight past them. She does it time and time again. No better indication of that than when she paired off with North Star Lass. Mm -hmm. On a similar track to what I anticipate on the weekend as well. Really bog-heavy track. You know she gets through it. The $3 is fine for me. I, I, I've just got to take it. I've got to take my medicine. I look around outside of Cote. I can't find horses that are in form. Can't mm. find any fillies that are in form and that would measure up to this. So Willinger Beast for me. Cote scares me, but I'm happy to risk it. It's you know one of the best on the card for me, Willinger Beast. It's so hard to ignore Willinger Beast when you go through. Like I'm, I'm just having a look at the horses it's been beaten by. Best of Bordeaux. Zugotcha, North Star Lash, Zugotcha, and Paris Dior. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking form, it's got the right form lines and it's been running top fives in all those races. I just, I'm a big eye punter. <laughs> I back, I do, I do 
back my eye a fair bit. Mm. And my eye tells me that this horse is a bit of a non-trier. Yep. And I know that's harsh mm-hmm. for a horse that's only had six starts, a mm. young filly. But my eye tells me this horse doesn't try as hard as you'd like. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think she finds the line. Yeah, I'm, I hear because when you look at her action, she sort of just bobs up and down and she's a real big lugging thing and you don't really see her put the head down and really savage the line. And she looks like she looks like the winner pretty much every race that she steps out into at the three 400 metres. So I definitely hear you. I'm going to go with a horse that does know how to win and that's Kote. I'm going to take you on here. Um, obviously, really, really unlucky two starts behind, two starts back. Coming out of midway form, I do... I do comprehend that. I get that. But I thought it was fantastic winning two weeks ago as well. Tommy Berry came off the horse with massive wraps and said it's definitely group quality. And I think that this is a race with absolutely no quality. Um, I think you can get a kill here and continue to move through the grades. It is a step up in class, but in, when you look at this field, this is not a class field. No, this is a very, very winnable race. And outside of those two, there's nothing you could be with. It's probably a gun Quinella bet. I was just about to say that. Like, just have a Quinella, guys. We we didn't even touch on the Quinella we had on the weekend at uh, Caulfield with a very fine red and shell star, but uh, $8.50 the Quinella, guys. So, hope you had something on. Not just winners. It's not just winners. The Quinellas <laughs> as well. You make it. You, you name it, we'll do it. Race seven, Randwick, tab calendar, Presnell. It's the 1,600-meter event. It's for a million bucks. We've got the Caulfield Guineas winner and the Golden Rose fourth place getter. Mm. Top of the market for very good reason. He's $1.80. Golden Mile, Bowman and Cummings. He loses McDonald here. Communist, $4.80 with Flag of Honor at $7.50. A lot more love is $8. Brosnan, 19s with Basquiat at 19s as well. Then you got Burgunda, Token Capitalist, Field Commander, and Monastery. Yeah, look, interesting race, this one. I didn't know about Golden Mile at the $1.70, uh, but in terms of the map, Token Capitalist, Burgunda go forward, Communist not, tar- not too far away. Golden Mile with Bowman aboard going forward as well. You'd think they'd be, let's say, fourth or fifth. Yep. If they don't get cover, it may not be the end of the world because by race seven, the track inside part may be chopped up and it may be okay to be out there swinging anyway so he might just ride like the best horse in the race and it might just go away from them i've got a question for you ned talk to me we spoke about this horse wanting the mile do you think it just about saw him out last time out in the caulfield guineas i know we're talking about a group one rock solid race speed and and you know quality wise but jmac gave him the gun run did it look like the mile saw him out I'm going to say something that's a bit outrageous. I actually don't know if he's that good. Mm, that's I, I huge. really don't think he's that good. Okay. I don't know. That might be ridiculous. Okay. But I don't know if he goes... I don't know if he's that good. It's fair enough. Well, is he a dollar seventy? That's the question you've got to ask yourself. In this race, yeah. Yeah. Is. Well, it's similar to the race before with the Phillies. It's just not a very high-depth quality sort of field. And you, you just got to take it on face value that these horses have to step up and prove themselves. And this horse already has. I think he's a 1,400-meter horse, mm. but then people were saying that he looked like he wanted more in the Golden Rose, and then the 1,600, he sort of just flopped to the line, and there just didn't happen to be one to come over the top of him Yeah, in a very weak Caulfield Guineas. And given every possible by J-Mac, absolutely every possible chance, and fell in. That being said. That being said. He's going to win. That being said. Well... I think he I, is. I'm not going to say that he's not that good. I'm not going to go that far. He's obviously a very, very good horse. He's, you know, almost run the trifecta within the, the first three in the Golden Rose. Belted a, a very good field in the Ming Dynasty before that. Won a Caulfield Guineas, all this prep. 
The question marks for me are barrier, change of jockey, first look at a heavy deck, price, uh, and has it had enough this prep? Had one race or one start last prep, and this is now start five for this prep. It's a lot of runs. Basically, it, you'd say it's his first prep because you can't count the last one with one run. Yep. I'm looking at this as one prep. He might have had enough. Mm. The horse might just say, you know what, guys, I've, I've done enough this prep. That'll do me. This is too hard now. And I hope it's this week because I'm with another horse. Not with a huge amount of confidence, but I'm with a lot more love. It just looks to me as a horse that can profile and potentially get up to this sort of quality. It's gone from maiden to listed. Now it's got to step up to a million-dollar race here with a with a horse like Golden Mile in there. But I just think it's down in the weights. Hopefully they can step up in class here and get the right uh, run that they did last time. Just hunted up the fence last time and actually won pretty easy in the end, nice and soft. And I envision a similar run uh, panning out here from that inside barrier. So I don't mind it here. I thought it was an okay price. And Communist as well was the other one that I wanted to respect coming through that Williamsburg form, which I think will stand up. Yeah. When I say he's not that good, he's a group horse. Not as good you know as everyone's saying. saying. Not as good as everyone's I, saying. Yeah. I, got I just you. don't think that you. he's like an absolute freak animal. Mm. Like Pete, I don't know. Mm. In Secret's got him well covered. These horses. Jack and O, well covered. Over these, yeah, over 14, 1600, you'd yeah. have to say. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, I do think he'll probably win the race. I don't think it bats very deep. I do think it's interesting with the runner that you flag a lot more love. Like, it's got a little bit of scope. Like, I think it looks like a horse that's on the up. Um, I'm, it's a dead set no pet race for me, if you can't hear it in my voice. Can I just say, four weeks ago, mm-hmm. we were tipping Golden Mile to win the Golden Rose over 1,400 metres. Yeah. We've just... He's turned up here to a, let's be honest, a shit race, mm-hmm. and we've given him a clip. I think we just like, we like <laughs> taking on favourites. It's what we like to, like we... It's in our blood. Like we like a favourite. Correct. When we, when we like one, we like one. Yep. But we see dollar eighty about a horse that in some ways has been, oh, I don't know how to... We're just trying to find one. We're to trying beat to find one to beat him. Let's just be honest. So just have He'll a win. Quinella, guys. At the end of the day, just have a Quinella. He'll win. Race eight, spring champion stakes. It's 2,000 metres. It's the group one for the day at Randwick. It's worth 2 million bucks. Elliptical is top of the market for Blake Shin. Interesting stat for you. Mm. 19 rides, Blake Shin. Of his last 19, he's ridden nine winners. Bang. Boom. Going well. Prometo, $6.50. Sharp and smart, six fifty as well. Obviously coming out of same form lines as ones that I'll mention in a moment. And that's Williamsburg as well. Um, he's five fifty with She's Extreme 2. Um, Renaissance Woman's 11s with Matcha Latte at 13s. Conqueror is $26. Manzois is 31s with Owen County at 71s, as well as Coppelson and Bunker Hut. She's extreme wide barrier rolls forward. You'd expect them to be positive, and it looks like they're always looking for this trip in fairness. Like she always profiled to get up to 2,000 meters, so hopefully they can maintain her sort of quality and, and go forward. Matcha Latte, I've got. Either sitting outside or in the box seat. Prometo has shown speed last couple of starts. An elliptical, you'd expect Blake Shin to be positive from the inside barrier and try and use that. Sharp and smart, not too far away as well. Elliptical's the big question mark, probably the starting point. Positive jockey booking. You mentioned the form that Blake Shin is in. They were talking about getting this horse to a cox plate, which is a very, very big call. They've gone for the lower hanging fruit here, so maybe that's a tip in itself. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe I'll have egg on my face, but I'm making Williamsburg one of the best on the day here. This horse absolutely excels in the wet, was extremely disadvantaged by the gloaming being moved from 1,800 back to 1,600. Yeah. It had to be moved. Obviously, that meeting was cancelled. They were going to be the last race before it got cancelled, 
they cancelled it like maybe 25, 20 minutes before their race and I was head in hands, mate. I made it best on the card that day. Up to 2,000 metres now, I think is perfect. It was always looking for this trip. Karen McAvoy. <laughs> Karen McAvoy. Uh... That's the only reason I haven't promoted it to absolute best on the card is because he's on board. <laughs> Gate two, it'll get back. Hopefully he just stays aboard and gives it every chance and doesn't try and complicate things and, and takes the gap if it's there for fuck's sake. But Kerry McAvoy, just get out the back, let it swoop. This horse loves the drink. Should have won last start in my opinion. Should have beaten both Sharp and Smart and Machilade. And our mate Kerry McAvoy waited for the 300 to press the button, which is not the way to ride this horse. You need to get stuck in from the 700, 600 metres. Up to 2,000 now, there should be no excuses and I've got him one of the best on the day. I'm going two ways here. I think elliptical is going to be extremely hard to beat, getting up to 2,000. He was the run of the race for me in the Caulfield Guineas, running golden mile to half a length or less. Mm. Um, I think out of that race, he's the one I want to take and maybe one of the only ones that I'm going to take out of that Guineas. As you mentioned before, they were thinking cox plates with the horse, so I think he's a massive chance. Matcha for Mark Newnham and Tommy Sherry. This horse is seriously crying out for 2,000. It's been the target race the entire preparation, and this is now fourth up. Looks really ready to peak. I think this is also going to run a really good race at around $13. Yep. Ran sharp and smart to, what, half a head? Mm. And, and, and they both found the line really well, so I'm respecting both. $6.50 sharp and smart, mm-hmm. match a is 13 Yeah, so definitely. Riddle me that. Definitely. And, you know, I have to save on your thing if I'm back in Williamsburg because they come out of the same race, and match will put himself... Close enough on speed. The invitation, new race, 1,400 metres. It's for the fillies and mares. We've got Ice Bath, top of the market, $4.60. Nimalee's there at 6 with Forbidden Love at six fifty. Espiona is also there at single mm. figures. Mm. So what's that? 11s. She's a belter, also 11s with Promise of Success and Expat. Electric Girl, Never Talk are both at 18s. Bell Placier is $21 with Barb Raider at 31s. Mm. And then... Charm me, baby, and Ita. Pretty, pretty good speed here. Expat goes forward, loves a heavy deck as well. You know that. Another one that loves the drink as well as Forbidden Love. Finally draws the inside barrier. I'm not sure if she's come up this prep though, so we'll just have to wait and see. If she, if she's ever going to put herself into a race, it's this one, isn't mm. it? You know, 1400 wet deck. Not a massive amount of quality coming into this race. There's a couple that we'll touch on, but she just has to step up now. It's, it's now or never for her. It's probably sure. D Day. Electric Girl, not too far away. Barb Raider, who's looking for more of a trip. They're first up with her. I think they'll be dictated to and probably just take their medicine from that wide gate. Nimalee, always not too far away as well. So if there's any slip-ups from those up front or the harder ones in the market, I think Nimalee's probably a chance. But I touched on this horse last time out before uh, that meeting was cancelled, Ned. The E. And I, we, we talked about this before. Are we doing body. this to ourselves? We're doing, we this, we're doing this, but it comes with a disclaimer. This is one of those horses that are impossibly hard to catch. There's another one in this field that I won't ever mention its name again. It's the favourite. I'm not going to mention its name. But Espiona, she ran the best 400 and 600 of the race last time out, and she still travels with her head on the side, which shits me. But they've thrown the winkers on. Winkers are on, baby. They've thrown the winkers on, which is a very key gear change. If anyone doesn't know, it's those sort of... How would you describe them? It looks like two... Like foam headphones. Little rolls, like either side of the cheek. It's supposed to straighten the horse's head up, which I hope is going to be the case. Am I correct in saying there's little 
little pricks in them. Little clips. So that, so yeah. that when they turn their head, they straighten back up. Yeah, well, we, could do, be wrong. we don't want to get into the sort of animal welfare sorry, side sorry, of it as sorry. well, but uh, <laughs> we, we might be out of a podcast if we if we okay. go that route. Yeah, but sorry. Uh, she's got the, the winkers on. That will improve her, in my opinion, one or two lengths at least. Like, I just feel like Waller has waited for this uh, particular race. She's now got the fitness on her side. Yes, they missed the run last week with that meeting sort of going out the door, but or two weeks ago, I should say. So that might be the question mark, but you know she gets through the going. Last time out on this track at this sort of heavy eight, heavy nine range, she obviously bombed them over 1,400. Or was it a mile or 1,400 last time out? The uh, last last run of last prep was whatever it was, she bombed them. Yeah. I expect a similar run to pan out here. She's drawn the middle. You'd hope they won't be too far away, but in all fairness, she's probably going to be last three or four. As long as they're getting all their, all their chances, I think there's going to be enough speed on up front, and she's the one for me at about 6.50. I can't believe I'm doing it as well, but it's Siona. It's sick. We like it. Uh, sick. That's why we play. It's, it's why we play. You know what? If you take away the SP sort of setup, mm. the hype around this horse, she's been a really good horse. Like yep. You've got a horse that's eight starts for three wins and two placings. Yep. Instead, the whole narrative is that this horse gets beaten at odds on. It's always $2 in the market and just never performs up to its best. If you take that out of it, the horse hasn't done much wrong. $2.60, $3.10. 225, $270, $4 last start, favourite, and we get 650 here. That's all I'll say. She looked, she ran the fastest last 600 of the day, sorry, of the race, and the fastest last 200 of that race as well the other day. And that was with her head literally in a different postcode. They put the winkers on, which I think is going to switch her on really well. Mm. If it's not today, I don't know if it'll ever be. Ice Bath is favourite. Enough said. Not mentioning that horse's name. Why aren't you mentioning it? Race 10. You said best... <laughs> no, I won't throw you under like that. Uh, race 10 is the final race we're going to cover. Huge benchmark 88 to Big. round out the card. The Catnax Jewelers Handicap. Look, huge race to finish the day. Massive. Battles in. No, sorry. Clemenceau, your man, is top of the market here. Sorry, just struggling to get the prices up here. Clemenceau, top of the market, $3.40. Bacchanale at $5 for Belarus is 6 Acquitted, nine fifty. Cold Crusher is nine fifties. Double figures now for some Moot, 11s. Tri-State is 15s. Fox Fighter as well is $16. Titanium Power, Wisdom of Water, Man Parol, 30s. For Home 2, Liberty Sun and Royal Zell. Tri-State, Man Par, Titanium Power, probably the first three in running. Clemenceau drawn the widest barrier. I actually expect that to be a positive by this time of the day. As I mentioned, the rail's out this week, so you'd think the further away they're getting from the fence, you're getting into those lanes where it's, you know, the the really, really fast lanes, or I hope that's the case this week because Clemenceau, for me, as long as the inside is not playing hot like we've seen before, as long as, I you know, I'm anticipating it not to be the case, as long as it, that's not what's going to happen on the weekend, you'll definitely know by race 10, Clemenceau is the only bet I can find in this race. Should have won second up. Just got caught up in a stupid speed battle where a horse at Cricket Score Odds came and took him on. And he was just a sitting duck late behind that Godolphin horse that actually came out and ran pretty well on a, a pretty good race. Zethus. Zethus, yeah. So Jamie Carr gave it an absolute peach that day. And rolls reverse, Clemenceau wins by about seven lengths. So uh, you'd have to anticipate that this horse is going to bounce back off that. Was a big run first up as well. Just nailed by the stable mate remark. Like that's the form you want to be coming through. The only other one that I can entertain is another horse coming through remark form, Bacchanalia. Mm -hmm. 
was a good run last time. I thought J-Mac gave it every opportunity, split the runners in between, saved all the ground, but Remark was just too good in the end. Remark was a bit of a soft point as well, speaking of Saturday, that we didn't touch on, good old Bowman. But Clemenceau, for me, as long as the, as long as the, the away from the fence is okay and they're starting to make up ground out wide, this is a very, very solid bet for me in the last. You say Remark form. Mm. I'm actually going another horse coming through Remark Here we form. go. This horse is called Coal Crusher. Mm. Second up coming into this race. Really nice run first up. Um, that was first up in behind Remark as well, just as you mentioned. Hit the line okay. Didn't quite get an, as, as good or a clear run as you would have thought or would have liked. Go back and watch its second last run. All right, This horse was three wide the trip. Ended up having to push on. Led around the turn and just continued to kick. I don't know what it was on that day, mm. but it was unbelievable. Mm. Ended up winning by a margin of two lengths, and that beat horses like Lord Ardmore. I think $10 is over the odds. Um, it's probably my best value play on the card. Clemenceau, want to go back to him. He's the obvious. I do like him. Gate 15 could be a little bit of a worry. I want to make mention to the jockey that is riding this horse, Zach Lloyd. Mm. He claims three. Mm. He's going to claim three here. And I'm telling you, he's better than a claim. Like this guy, he can ride. Yep. He's riding winners on Wednesdays and Thursdays at the moment. He's really classy jockey. So another apprentice that is worth looking out for. Mm. Cool. Beautiful. Cool. You've got a best bet, mate? Yeah. Look, I don't want to do it. Espion is up there. Wow. She's up there. Uh, who did I say at the Valley as well? Fuck, I had a best you bet You had the best bet at the Valley. Anyway, we'll pop it up on the tip sheets anyway, but I've just drawn a blank. But Espiona for me, I just think 650 is an excellent... Pro- oh, fucking Francesco. Uh, Francesco, Francesco was best on the card at the Valley. $4.20 is a ridiculous price. That horse should have won last start. Espiona, I think she's going to go okay in the heavy deck. I know it's probably not her go, but Winkers go on $6.50. Yes, please. And we're going to touch on something soon. It's exciting. Don't know what we're going to touch on because I'm pretty ready to wrap up. I've got stuff to do after this, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I think Tuvalu is going to be extremely hard to beat at the Valley. Mm. He just he ticks all the boxes. He's an honest horse. He's never missed the top three. Mm. Um, he meets a very similar field to what he did the other day. I see no reason as to why he doesn't do it again. Um, and then the roughy that I mentioned before, Cole. Sorry, I forgot. Cole Crusher. Cole Crusher. I completely forgot the name. It just mm. slipped slip me. Um, Cole Crusher. I don't mind it at each way odds. Can no. we can we just before we go on to the last wrap up? Can we just call him a special? Can we just call Animo a special? Can we can we do it? Well, I was gonna do it, but I thought I'd get my agates chopped off because of what I did to Nature Strip last week. Nature Strip was two dollars twenty in drawn twelve with speed underneath him. Animo was drawn four. J Mac retains the right as he always does. It's probably his last start ever, so he's going to be one hundred and fifteen percent wound up for this. They could have beaten him last start, and they haven't beaten him. He turns up here with virtually the same field. A couple of horses come through the Turnbull. Wallace brought that Bogodon thing, which is it looks like a second tier European horse. Can we just can we just say the M word? <laughs> nah. Okay. All right. We cannot say that. Okay. Word. All right. But I tell you who will be on. We'll be on. Okay. All right. I'll all save it. All right, legends. Well, thank you very much for listening to a massive podcast. Um, obviously Cox Plate weekend enjoy <laughs> what are you laughing at have I missed something you've fucking missed something mate what have I missed you've missed probably uh, the most exciting part oh of our show oh my god I'm sorry I'm sorry guys <laughs> I apologise I don't know what's going on it must be dementia I think it's because I've read through so many names tonight that I've mm, forgotten mm. alright here comes a wind up and let me tell you something 
you probably need a winner. Yeah, <laughs> like, we do. Is that a fair clip? It's a fair, it's a fair call. And it, look, you've been outridden at some stage, not outridden. Every stage. <laughs> but look, the best Western, it is something of greatness. It's something we cherish here. Mm-hmm. I love the best Western. It does not matter how far down I am for the day. Mm. The best Western gets hit. It doesn't matter how far up I am. The best <laughs> Western gets hit. Jackson. Give me something to hit. Ned, you touched on being outridden. And I said, week for the last three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, Chris Parnham, where are you? He turns up and I'm back in another horse. Oh. And I'm back in another horse. So What's happened there? We are going race seven. Chris Parnham is back. Welcome back, my friend. The best in the West. You are going to be beaten in race seven. <laughs> Ned, I, I, I texted you. Last night oh. on a Wednesday night, and I said, I might do this for the first time ever. I might post the best Western on Wednesday or Thursday you literally night said this. to make sure the horse gets hit at this price. You know what changed my mind? Sportsbet came up and said that another horse in the race is best of the day. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take an extra 30, 40 cents on the dollar. Absolutely. That's given me more confidence now that Sportsbet has made it best of the day. The horse that I speak of, guys, I am not exaggerating when I say this horse may be the best three-year-old in the country. I'm not exaggerating. We're talking about Amelia's Jewel. We're going to race seven. This is the feature on the card. It's the Belgravia Stakes. So they're half-decent horses getting around. Bar this horse I'm about to touch on. Three starts for three wins, unbeaten. What it did in those three wins was out of control. Times through the roof. It matched every single Sydney, Melbourne horse that you can imagine times-wise. And times don't lie, Ned. Stay, staying in WA, I know that this snow dome, the one that Chris Parnham is on, is up and about and it's had to run this prep and it goes forward. If Amelia's Jewel wants to win this race and they turn up here with any sort of fitness base, it will win by a space, an absolute space. At the moment, it's 2.20. The reason I haven't put it up on Instagram yet is because Chris Parnham thing is coming for early support. It's an inferior horse to Amelia's Jewel. She, honestly, if she can come out and win this in the way that she should, will be headed straight over to the Eastern States and will be contesting some very big races. This is probably the most confident I've been in the Best Western. Race seven, number two, Amelia's Jewel. Drawn the pole, Patrick Carberry on. Excellent jockey over there. He's not Chris Parnham, but you don't have to be. I would be happy to go over and ride this thing. Amelia's jewel, it's pretty simple. Just get on or fit in or fuck off, basically. If you don't, if you don't want to be involved, then, well, you're in the wrong game. Uh, look, Cox Plate weekend. Yep. Manicato Friday. It gets a little bit better than this, but mm. it doesn't get much better than the grand final races that we're seeing. Yeah, look, the Cox Plate, quality-wise, is the best. We're still one week away from the GF. Uh, Derby Day is the GF of all GFs, but a perfect little taster here. All right. Well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. We appreciate you so much. The followers continue to grow. Um, We're nearly up to 400 followers now on the gram. So make sure that if you do listen in and you haven't followed us at the moment, make sure you get involved. We post all of our tip sheets on there and we're working on some content for the future for you guys. So thank you very much. Um, Good luck if you're having a punt. Enjoy, guys. Cheers.